I know it seems like many years that anytime you wanted to go out for a dinner, whether it be a special occasion or, or just a casual dinner, you went to Gray's Restaurant in Bridgeport. Well, there's a reason for that. In September, they will celebrate their 75th anniversary of the family-owned business right here in our hometown. I remember when many people just called it Ralph's, and it was a tiny place with the best catfish around. I spent many an evening in my childhood walking on that pole out in front, waiting with my family to get a table. When Todd and Becky took over, the restaurant expanded, but one thing hasn't changed. Whether it's a great cheeseburger, steak, or catfish you want, or you just want to have a drink and discuss that night's Saluki game, you're not going to find any better place to do it. Support this local treasure. Stop by and help them celebrate their upcoming anniversary. And remember, you can always call in and pick up your order at the window. Call 618-945-9501, Gray's Restaurant. Welcome to episode two of the old school Red Hill Saluki Sports Podcast. On the show today, your host, Brian Emmons and Gary Emmons and Chip Jamerson and David King. How are you guys? Great, great. Doing great. Well, it's good to be here. Um, first thing, let's talk about what kind of uh, what kind of feedback did you guys hear on the Bill Evans episode? As much fun as it could have possibly been to do. I've heard nothing but positive feedback. A lot of po- um, on the Facebook page, um, some private messages. So nothing but positive feedback. I've already had people messaging me wins part two. So uh, awesome. they're excited to hear more. I think we have some great stuff in store before we get to part two, but they're excited for part two of Coach Evans. I know that. Absolutely. What'd yeah. you hear, Gary? Yeah, I would uh, agree that a lot of former players and uh, he got to coach his his children, his family. I think a lot of people were happy with that uh, interview. I think we all learned a few things during the interview. And like I said, we still got 20 years to go. So it was, uh, it was really awesome and it was a great time and I can't wait to, to do it again with them. Dave, I know you've, uh, you've been busy in the fields farming, but, uh, did you get much feedback on what you heard? I wish you could have been part of that episode as you were a key member of some great football teams, but what'd you hear? Uh, I didn't hear much. I, I think mostly because I wasn't present at the, at the yeah. recorded it. Yeah. But uh, from what I've, you know, it looks, I mean, I, I thought it went great. I mean, I, lo- I learned a lot about him and stuff that I never knew before. And I can't wait to hear the, re- you know, to hear the rest. Yeah. And I think he's excited too. We exchanged some text messages afterwards and, and, uh, you know, as we all said, we thought that would, you know, two hours would probably take it. And, and we got into some great conversation and, uh, and it led to, uh, what did we get up chip to 1992, I think. Yep. Got to right through the 92 season. So where we turned the corner, so uh, yep. ready for 93 when we get started. Well, and this is honestly just a, a peek behind the curtain. This is sort of a practice episode. If you hear this, it's because it went well. We're doing our first Zoom podcast, uh, so we're, we are looking at each other. And that's been kind of the difficulty and really sort of the reason that we didn't get um, because we live in four different places of the country. So we tried to figure out how to do this and, and learn how to do it and, and make the sound sound right you know because the worst thing to do is listen to a broadcast that the sounds terrible so we're kind of figuring all that out so we're going to use this as a little practice show and chip what do we have coming up uh well it'll be this week um on the on the old school podcast well this week we're gonna we previewed it a couple weeks ago and uh we've been doing some uh production work 
to get ready for this episode. I think we're ready to record it. We are going to do the cheerleading episode um, with Coach Sue Cat and former Red Hill cheerleader Troy Moore will be our guests on that show. And we're planning on recording that. We're recording this on a Sunday night, and we're recording that tomorrow. Um, so this could be a two-episode week for us. This episode you're listening yeah. to right now. And then yeah. So a, a couple – if you're listening to this, say, on Monday – in a couple of days, hopefully you'll hear the cheerleading. Um, yeah, I think I think so. And and um, what we've kind of discussed doing is is instead of doing these all over Zoom, is possibly having a a meeting. Whether we go up to near Chip's house or he comes down into the county and we meet somewhere and and uh, maybe do three or four episodes at a time and and kind of have them in the bank. So so we've always got episodes ready to go. Um, yeah, because I think we'd like to. Our goal is to weekly, uh, I think eventually, wouldn't we like to get one out once a week? Yeah, um, or at the most every other week. Yeah, so I guess we won't commit to anything, but yeah, at least, you know, two two to three episodes a month. So Yeah, so anyway, this little practice episode that may or may not uh, end up on the air, uh, we want to talk about venues and locations and things that Red Hill Sports took place, and I'm not sure that there's not a better place to start than uh, what is now called Brandon Smith Field and uh, the Little League Park down at down at Lanterman. Uh, Gary, you were quite the star at Lanterman Park. What team did you play on? And, and talk about some of your memories of, of those days. Well, I actually was on uh, two different teams, which uh, after the first year, my nine-year-old year, played for the Moose and the second year of the moose. I don't know if I know the whole story as to why if there weren't enough kids. I'm not sure if that was it, but the moose was the, the, the team was disbanded for whatever reason. And then our the, the group of guys that were coming back got to be drafted onto other teams. And at some point I would love to have a show on some of that stuff that went down with the picks. And if uh, we get a few guys on there, I think that'd be very interesting to hear some of those stories from back, back in the day. But yeah, you know, that was, uh, you know, it feels like the games were on Tuesdays and Thursday nights. I can't remember the nights we played, but there wasn't much. Uh, there was a lot going on down there at Lanterman Park during those games, whether it was the the, the fair going on out in the right right field and uh, or just the constant kids running around. But it was uh, that was always a good good time on a summer evening to be at down there at Lanterman Park watching ball games. I I know that it probably you know how your memory can inflate things. I, I'm sure that that. The whole town wasn't there, but boy, at times it, it sure seemed like it. I mean, there were lawn chairs all the way around that place. Um, Chip, what do you what do you got in the memory bank from your days at Lanterman? I love my time there. You'll see me post a lot about Little League things on the Facebook pages uh, as the time goes on. But um, I played on the Union. I played uh, with Brandon Smith. Brandon and I are the same age. Uh, I mean, Mike Smith and Dick Wagner were our coaches there, so – you know, was named Brandon Smith Field uh, in the spring of uh, 2002 uh, after he had passed away, and um, he he was. I mean, I think he's probably one of the most um, storied little league players to ever ever play there. It was a great friend and a great teammate, and um, his dad was a great coach. We won the league title our 11 and 12 year old year. Uh, we were runner up my 10 year old year. Um, I don't see how we were. I, I, team was loaded my 10 year old year uh if you look at the, um, some pictures actually i think the picture was just on mike smith's personal page about that we'll have to move that conversation to the facebook page but uh we were pretty loaded that year too but somehow the bank won the title um that year but yeah just a lot of good memories um 
going down there, but even before I played, um, you know, watching games and, you know, I was six, seven years old and, um, back in, back in your era when you were playing Brian. Yeah. So still, you know, when I'm back in town, I live up in the Bloomington, Illinois area now, but, uh, still when I'm back in town, I mean, that's, uh, drive around Lanterman park and, uh, look at the little league. Cause that's, uh, yeah. when I run, I, I run a lot, um, run around and I've run with, couple of these guys on this uh podcast right now we definitely run around uh Lanterman park and brandon smith field every time i'm down there too so and and one yeah, of them you have not run with nor nor will you ever um <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times at the little league park um seemed like the whole town was down there every night dave did you play little league in in bridgeport at all uh my illustrious baseball career ended after t-ball oh um, really I, I was victims of the uh i think it was, was it the moose that contracted yeah that was my year yeah um so basically all the all the players from that team got absorbed into the other teams and only like three guys made it um i was too old to play t-ball still um if i would have played t-ball i would have got called up like during the season but it yeah. was too late by then so yeah, it ended. <laughs> you know, one thing I and I don't I don't know if this would still happen today in 2020, but one of the highlights when you were when you're watching a little league game is when the mosquito truck would come through. It basically fogged the entire crowd with, <laughs> with insecticide. I always like um, when it's you know it's about one o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon and it's been raining. <laughs> throughout the morning and drive around Lan- <laughs> drive around- <laughs> drive through Lanterman Park <laughs> and see in the infield covered with tires on fire. On I love fire. That. Yeah. <laughs> you do to drive the field out. Certainly so. friendly things going on to get us ready for to play ball up down there. Yeah, you do the, the there was a chance you were gonna play when the whole place was on fire. <laughs> Black smoke filling the Oh my gosh. My biggest oh, memory, ahead, though, of the Little League is uh, uh, my cousin, Matt Schrader, when he played on Union. This would have been in the, what, 84, 85 t- time frame. Yeah. Those and were our I two Those were our two championship seasons, yeah. He, he, call, he called me um, and said he knew what a big baseball fan I was and said, David, you've got you to gotta get up and see this Brandon Smith play. It was incredible. <laughs> wow. Said, I don't think he – you know, so I went up, and then him and Gene – I don't think I ever didn't see them hit a home run. Really? I mean, it was like, it was like every, it seemed like every time I'm sure they, I'm sure they made outs, but it sure didn't seem like it. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Well, I doubt that Brandon made too many outs and the whole team didn't. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I'd love, I'd love to see the stat lines. Yeah. Yeah. I, I batted behind Brandon and G in the lineup. So there was usually no one on base when I came to the, um, play. <laughs> have a lot of RBI opportunities. You had to start over. I know that it's been, we put it out there on the Facebook page at one point, but I know that my nine-year-old year, I got the, the call to pitch against the union one game. And I know that I think Mike Smith came out because I, after I'd given up my third home run in a row to probably Brandon, Gene and Darby, maybe I'm not sure who the lineup would have been, how that worked out, but I'm on the mound balling because I'm giving up so many bombs. And I think even Mike Smith came out and was trying to encourage me <laughs> That obviously it probably happened to a lot of people, but yeah, yeah, it was uh that was a heck of a team. Yes, and I and I think for our fans out there, we'll have a an entire you know forty five minute episode dedicated to Little League. Oh, absolutely. At some point. Yeah, 
so we're kind of we've kind of previewed some of the things we might be talking about but yeah if you like the little league stuff uh, there's yeah. more to come there and there's go. a couple of former coaches we'd like to get on the show oh that'd be fun yeah we are looking for insurance we hope that you would call the andrews insurance agency at 542 main street in bridgeport terry andrews and justin Shear are your independent agents and they're professionals for all of your farm, commercial, and personal insurance needs. And they've been strong supporters of Red Hill Athletics for decades. So if you're brought down by a pack of dogs, get off your seats and on your feet and see T-Bone or Juice and give them a call at 618-945-2881 at the Andrews Insurance Agency. So let's go to the yep. fifth and sixth grade center. What's the first thing that stands out to you about that particular venue? The floor for me. I just <laughs> yeah. never feel like it was like a, it looked like it was like multicolored little brown flecks of color all over it. It seems like, I don't know if that's the way it was, but that's yeah, what I think. I, I think you, I think it is. And it still is still the same floor today. Is it really? Um, yeah. Well, I'd say, um, my earliest memories of the jammer as a kindergartner, um, Going in there and sitting every morning um, with the fifth and sixth graders. The kindergartners would sit in the front row, the pullout bleachers there, and the fifth and sixth graders would be there behind us. So, kind of intimidating um, for for me at least. But uh, and then you know, obviously getting into fifth and sixth grade and playing basketball. And um, you know, I'm not trying to. I, I wasn't a star athlete by any means, but you know, I was on Brandon's team for, you know, every sport I ever played in. So that helped. I didn't lose very many games yeah. in any sport except. Um, football, I guess, but Brandon didn't play with us my junior and senior year. So uh, throughout like elementary years, I um, never really lost many games. So I don't, I think we lost one game in fifth and sixth grade to, we lost a Pike Central wow. over at the Flaget tournament. Um, so coach about Dennis Bowser, um, uh, coach and uh, did, enjoyed playing for him. Um, great coach, great teacher. Um, so yeah, it just you kind of mentioned that excitement and you know you actually getting a red hill uniform for your first time and putting that on and coming out of the locker room you know all those things you've seen you know up at the high school gym you've seen your heroes do and you know kind of you you've arrived a little bit when you get to fifth grade it seems like yeah i think one of my my memory was that like in fifth grade trying out for a sport for the first time and you know i remember like i think there was assessments and literally and things like that maybe but like were you it was nerve wracking and trying to do what, you know, at that point as a fifth grader, it's like, can I do a left handed layup? And if I don't make it, am I going to make the team or not? So that was kind of a, yeah. I just remember Bowser. I just felt like Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Bowser, coach Bowser, he was very fun to, we did a lot of fundamentals and wearing the glasses that you couldn't yeah. you remember those, those goggles you put on. So you wouldn't look down at the ball and, uh, you know, that, that gym has a lot of the, the peg, the peg board on the wall and the chin up bar. And oh, all those yeah. They were just, uh, that peg, and I, peg is iconic. So, yeah, like two, like two kids in our class could do it. So. And I think today the sign above the the door on the side, like where the benches are, there's still that home of the bullpups. Oh, uh, really? Sign. That's still it's, there. I, I think it's still in the gym. Still in the gym today. Um, from back when it was Bridgeport. I mean, I get probably when it's like the junior. I guess I think like the all the way up to eighth grade went to school there at one point before the consolidation so yeah. yeah so that's something iconic that i'm glad the people today have decided to continue that and keep that up for however many years that thing's been up 50 50 plus years i yeah. don't know dave did you play basketball i did uh we had a really good team too we only lost one time in fifth grade and one time in sixth grade i think 
Pike Central again took us down in sixth grade. And Jeez. Kim Alma beat us in fifth grade in the Louisville tournament. Yeah. Um, I didn't play. I didn't play. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you had a uniform. I, th- I, th- I think Bowser was very good about getting everybody into the game every game. Yeah. Um, but we're not talking a lot, a lot of period of time. But, gotcha. but uh, we did get we we did get to play every game. I got a couple baskets here and there, but you know, nothing yeah. great. So let's uh, let's move on over to Sumner to uh, the Sumner Attendance Center, and I love that gym. I, I always did. I thought that was a, a, a just a, I mean nothing fancy to it, but I really liked that basketball gym. And so- yeah, I loved playing there. Um, we had great teams in junior high. <laughs> it's um, like a but, broken record. Chip, that, um, Chip had great teams. <laughs> we we did, um, but you know one thing I really liked about the our and it seemed like every home game i think they did maybe i'm you know this is over 30 years ago so maybe not but uh like the band you know the junior high band played for us and he, you know I, I coached junior high basketball for a lot of years up here in central illinois and you never see bands play at the junior high games and the fact that we had our band playing it just seems like red hill just always had kind of you know they understood how to make things like a big game feel like a big game atmosphere. Um, and I think, you know, that's, that's an example, you know, a good a memory I have of, uh, of playing in that gym and, and winning lots of games. And, um, but yeah, I, I love that gym too. I know the fifth and I think the fifth and sixth grade, that's where they play now. Mm. Um, so, um, so there's yeah. no games played at the, yeah. at the five, six center anymore. I don't think so. Yeah. Other than like maybe like youth league, like on Saturday morning type thing. I remember the iconic picture of that Keith Frohawk Saluki team where they're kind of, they've got, first of all, that was the first oh, time yeah. you got to wear warm up pants and they were on that angled wall that went into the mm-hmm. locker room. Um, that was a great picture. I, it, yeah. And just kind of going, you know, we had the warm up pants, we had the warm up jackets, we had our last names on the back of the warm up jackets. I mean, just, yeah. we did, you know, Red, Red Hill did. Thing, right? um, and, and and that's the yeah. and I had Mike Thomas and Richard Dixon of course and we'll we'll end up doing a whole show on on Richard Dixon and and his whole career but Mike Thomas was an interesting cat man I mean it you know I think he's the only coach I had smoke in the locker room uh, speak <laughs> yeah I only coach I've had also <laughs> speaking of things that wouldn't happen in 2020 a pipe a pipe a pipe yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think he might have ditched that by my seventh grade year, but uh, yeah, that sounds. Oh, he was doing it in the eighth grade locker room. Your seventh well, okay. grade year, I can okay. guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I just walked out. I'm, I'm just not remembering who walked out with him that year. So. I'm not remembering who coached me in seventh grade basketball. Would it, it would have been Dennis Dixon? Would have it? I didn't. We didn't have Mr. Thomas. I, my, I no, didn't he him. left after my seventh grade year, so I'm not sure. I, I, I'm, boy, it feels like Dennis Dixon, and I don't know if that was right or not. If anybody else listening may have to uh, chime in on that. We'll, yeah, have, to, we'll have to find a year. He had, he had coached before junior high, I know. Yeah, so I think I he, just remember that a specific moment in that gym as we were playing Parkview. And I just remember how loud that gym got to during big moments and big games. And I remember, I don't know if I was shooting free throws or someone toward them in a game. And I think that people were pounding the floor real hard. And you just, that gym was loud. And that was a, that was really cool. Uh, uh, 
Not a very big place, didn't hold very many people, but it got loud for sure. Yeah, I, I was a, a part of the game when Tim Locum from Flora in that first the tournament at the beginning of the year, Tim Locum had 44 points and 44 rebounds in the same game. And then, of course, he went on oh to, to, to great things, playing for the University of Wisconsin. But, yeah, 44-44, and he was number 44. So that was, uh, that was fun. And, um, I, and I posted about this in the uh, – Coach, Coach Richard Dixon had posted some – pictures from the um the 85 team it was like you know clifford stacy lance's um mark ambrose the, their uh, eighth grade year um they won the regional and i think you you know the the way that they did it in the southern way they went on i think they went to either sectional or whatever right not sure how far they got but um they played lawrenceville in that regional championship and i went over to that game i hadn't i don't know if i'd been to a junior high game i don't know if i'd ever been to a junior high game before um i was in sixth grade and i went to that regional title game and you talk about a loud and i posted that that's that was definitely the most intense loudest atmosphere because parkview had a good squad uh red hill did you know they're playing for all the marbles um it was crazy in that gym and um so definitely got me excited about being a seventh grader that following year and and we never had an atmosphere. We had big crowds. It was loud, but I never saw an atmosphere like that. In the gym. Wow! Yeah, that's, and and in Lawrenceville, that class with Stacy and Lance and those guys, they were loaded. Lawrenceville was loaded. That was uh, that was pretty pretty cool times. And they would go at it on some games that will definitely be discussed here in the future. Um, so let's go to high school and. Let's first talk about what's your memories of the, I guess, I don't know what the proper name for it is. We always just call it the girls' gym. Um, probably my biggest memory is sitting in there at lunch hour and or before school and lunch hour and then the sometimes noon basketball games that would break out. Wrestling practice. Oh, yeah, there you go, Dave. 1988-89. All, all the practices were, were in that gym. At that, I don't know. Well, obviously they're not still. I don't know if they continue that all the way up until when the school closed or not. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so, now you had you had Huber, Huber Drury all all your wrestling. Yeah, Huber and Drury were my coaches. Yeah. The one year I wrestled. There you go. And I I think they were the coaches all through my high school time. Yeah. I, I remember, yeah, now that you say that, I, I, I would have forgotten about that, but I remember when they'd have the mats over there and, and – uh, place was full and it stunk and and with all those guys in there wrestling all the time what about you gary or chip what do you what do you got, got? mine's just the i don't know how you even describe it but the buzz of coming into school every morning and sitting in there and then the you know i say at lunch that's where you went to to ride out the rest of your lunch and uh, uh that's a lot of fun uh fun times and a lot of uh laughs were had in that in that little gym while we were waiting to uh, go to class or go back to class after lunch. I don't, I don't remember much. I think every once in a while we do like a co-ed PE and we would do stuff in there, but I don't have much remembrance of doing much in the gym. Of course, that's where all of our school dances were. A lot of our school dances were yep. in that very gym. Uh, we didn't, at least during my time, we didn't have any, any uh, dances in the, in the boys gym or the big gym. So they were all in the homecoming, smaller gym. Homecoming was in the, in the small gym. At least, at least for my really? yeah. yeah. For me, it was. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't ever remember a dance in the big in the big gym. Well, I do. Yeah. <laughs> you probably don't remember very many of them. Probably. Easy. Um. So then you go to what I will call 
especially when the bleachers are on the floor and I don't remember I wasn't around I guess you, it came up on the Facebook page that school administration didn't allow the bleachers on the floor during a sectional which we can talk about in a minute but when those bleachers were on the floor and that place was packed for a sectional no better gym anywhere I've ever been in oh yeah you had bleachers around all four sides of the floor you had the stage filled with bleachers um, and then of course the, I mean, the, the regular scene, the horseshoe scene, that's always, you know, the permanent seating there. Yeah. Um, oh, it's, you, you're, I don't think you can have a better atmosphere than that. I mean, it was packed for those sectionals in the seventies and the eighties and the nineties. I mean, it was, um, sadly today with high school sports, the crowds aren't what they used to be it for, and with four class basketball and so forth. Um, they don't need those extra bleachers anymore. Sadly, yeah. um, they they have enough seating. Um, how it is, but yeah, I agree with you. I remember the night uh, the '83 sectional semifinal game. Florida's playing Lawrenceville, and seeing Coach Robert Montgomery Knight walk into the gym to um, yeah. watch um, Marty Simmons play that night. I mean, I mean, it just it is this mass of people. I mean, you can barely move in there, but like looking down from where I was sitting and seeing him walk into the gym, uh, I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking about that. <laughs> and you could just see the ripple, you know, the people saying, you know, telling their neighbor, you know, as it went around the gym, what, who just came and what was going on. That was awesome. I felt like, I feel like he stood against the, now it could be wrong, like the, you come in the back door and go up the steps and right against that brick wall on the north, it'll be the north yep. side of the gym. That's where I feel like I remember him standing that night when he came in to watch, uh, yeah, that's where I'm picturing him. him at. Okay. He was standing there, I remember. So, yes. I mean, that was a, yeah, one of no the seats. iconic moments. That's it, why I love to uh, – that's true. I love that uh, when I posted that video, it was just – it was during the National Anthem. That was awesome. Down, but just to see that, I mean, of course, that was uh, uh, the last sectional that Red Hill would have played in, in that gym, of course. I know that since, like, some of the other boys played in the regional there. But it was uh, – you know, you just didn't, and that was an amazing home court advantage that I know for at least two years because the, the the '92 team before us they didn't they, they didn't lose a home all year either I'm pretty sure, and then we didn't we never lost a home in the '93 year. So you know that place was just at a great home court advantage. But like I said, that you know those those were people they were literally a foot from the floor. Oh, and absolutely. There was not much room all the way around that place when the when they got to pull the bleachers out and the, the cheerleaders had to kind of stand almost in the hallways to do their. You know, it was just. Uh, what a what an amazing what an amazing gym. Yeah, that that video you put. It's the old school gym, you know. You they're all getting replaced with all purpose gyms now, and those places are kind of dying off. And I was I'm happy when Red Hill decided to, to when they built the new school that they 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 wanted to keep. Yeah. The old gym, and you know that was a, a great decision and, and just an awesome place. And I've been I've been to a lot of gyms, you know, especially in Indiana. Um, going to high school games with bar reeve games where my kids go and before that when my nephews were there so went to a lot of iconic old gyms i don't remember one and maybe you guys have seen others that the seating is above looking down on the court that's such a, a unique gymnasium style yeah taylorville's i've been to is very similar to that it's bigger it's a little bit bigger than red hill i mean because it's a larger school but the thing that taylorville where red hill has the advantage um taylorville has the obstructed view pillars like wrigley field has yeah um so you have obstructed views at taylorville so red hill definitely gets the advantage was um, kate is casey like that casey is similar to that yeah okay yeah but yeah yeah. anyway what a cool thing and in in 
if you haven't seen it, look at that video Gary posted on the Facebook page because that just shoulder to shoulder all the way around people standing up for the, for the national anthem. And, and we'll definitely dive into some of those basketball games, the big ones that were there. And, and don't forget Dave, the, uh, the fresh soft tourney, the fresh soft wrestling tourney that was there every year brought in my goodness. I, how many teams would have been in that thing, Dave? Oh, I mean, there were people everywhere. Oh, 12, 16, yeah. maybe. In my maybe bull- somewhere, somewhere around in there. My buddy Neil Heath dominated. It, it, it wasn't just the ones that we normally played against. I mean, there's right. teams from like down south, like you DeCoin. Know, like, yeah, you know, like, you know, Cumberland. I remember Cumberland being there. Schools like that, they're a little further out of our area. Yeah. I was thinking of Anna Jonesboro, and I think of wrestling for some reason. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think of Cumberland. <laughs> uh, I just remember seeing Cumberland wrestle at Red Hill when I'd never heard of Cumberland before until that <laughs> night. So, uh, so that was awesome. Um, and and you mentioned the music at the junior high. Um, Robert Clymer and his bands were unbelievable as a you know seven to twelve year old kid going there every Friday night and Tuesday nights. It was, they, I mean, they, they seemed really good. I, I'm assuming they were, but okay. they, they definitely played fun songs and they got the atmosphere, everybody ready, charged up and ready to go. Yeah, I'd bring my little tape recorder and I would hit the play and record button and hold it up and record <laughs> all the, the songs. And then when I was in my, my bedroom playing Nerf basketball, I would have the, you know, the Mr. Climber's band playing behind me so I could have, you know, feel like I was at a Red Hill basketball game. Um, I love listening to them. Um, and, and I think you're right. I think the music was really good. I mean, I think, you know, I think everything Mr. Clymer did was, was first class and, and made sure, you know, it was a, a, a good performance. Chip, it, it always sat up in the Southwest corner, right? They didn't play off the stage. In, in when I was a little kid, they were on the stage. Yeah, they were always on the stage. Okay. I remember them on the stage. I, I know what you're talking about, Gary. Maybe you're during your like, coaching time? Get, like, Maybe like, so. Maybe that's what it was, yeah. It was just like a small pep band type thing? Yeah, kind Maybe of, that's, kind of yeah. like that. But then like the big band would play like uh, you know, during the game. Though, Chip, like it, Chip, if you think of one song, what what is it? Hit me with your best shot, Pat Benatar. Okay. If we're here's, talking about songs the band played. Here's mine. When I think of Robert Clymer's band in a Red Hill basketball game when I was, I don't know, eight, nine years old, here's what I think of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good good wow. call, Brian. I never would have thought of that, but as soon as you played it, I'm, you know, I'm back in the – it's 1981 all, all over again. I haven't thought of that song in a long time. So – and that and listen, that's the only reason I know the name of this song is because of that. It's called Baby Elephant Walk. And I, I think we all I think we all four uh, came from families that had uh, chairback reserve seats at the games. I think that's a big part of creating a, a Red Hill fan at a young age is having those chairback seats and being close to the action. So I know Brian, Gary, and and I we all sat on what would be the east side. Oh uh, uh, yeah, see that direction. Yep, yep. east the, side, the, the visitor side. But yeah, yeah. And King was had chairbacks on the west, the west side. Yeah, directly Center, across from Center me. Fort west side. Yep. Yeah. So Gary, did you use those seats much, or were you more of a bleachers kid? Oh, I was a bleacher kid. I, I didn't what, sit in them very often. I think the only time I sat in was maybe 
maybe like a sectional or something. I know I did like my senior year. We went to watch the first games that night. I sat in the chair backs that night, but yeah. uh, most of the part I was in the bleachers. Well, I tell you, I, I, I had so damn much fun doing that because Heights grandma had two seats right next to our two seats. And so Height and I would sit there and eat Rolos and drink RC or kick out of those little plastic cups. And, and, uh, and it was great because we were overlooking the Red Hill bench. And of course that's when coach Ray was there and my God, would he get fired up and screaming and spitting at him and, uh, you name it. And, and we'll do a whole podcast on that era. But one thing that we've talked about that we always get a chuckle out of, and it came up briefly during the bill interview is the concession stand. Um, what's your first memory of that? Well, my first memory is, um, cause for you youngsters, listening out there um speaking they, of speaking you know, of now, things that don't happen now a, yeah they have to take a smoke they have to take a smoke break they have to go outside and even off campus they have i was to gonna go say cross the, the street, street probably go, yeah yeah um so you know down by mrs Irway's old house is where they'd have to have to go now but um yeah you, people would now obviously they wouldn't let you smoke in the gym but the the concession stand, which, you know, still the same concession stand that's there today (laughs) would just, I mean, you couldn't see, you know, three feet in front of your face just because it was just a cloud of smoke down there as you tried to, you know, sit your way through to get to the concession stand. So that's, that's my earliest memory. I bet when you would walk down those three steps and overlook that, you know, like you said, a cloud of smoke, there had to be a thousand people in that room because you know, the whole damn town smoked, right. And they're all jammed in there and there were people there to get concessions as well. And the weight room was in there. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I had forgotten about the weight room being in there, but I know Coach Evans definitely, he was talking about that, um, and I had forgotten about that until you guys mentioned that in the last podcast. It was like, I don't know, maybe three pieces, four pieces of universal equipment. And, and I do wonder what was in that, what became the weight room. I wonder what was in there when the weight. That's a good point. What, I don't know. We'll have to, that be a question to ask someone. I'm not sure who, but. But anyway, and then it was always that gym too. There's like, there's so many little, like the areas underneath the bleachers, there was all these nooks and crannies that you could get to. And then, you know, the little, uh, whatever you would call the little area where the, the, the little tiny box basically that the radio announcers, which I think they just started using that towards the ladders. I think that that was kind of a, just a storage room for a long time. They cleared that out. And then, you know, you go up the, off the stage, you both had, uh, like my, during my time, coach Evans had his office up in the, the west corner and coach kendall had his office up there and the offices were about as small as they could be you know yeah you know there's just so many little nooks and crannies into in the that that gym that just awesome and and i was like um playing junior pro basketball there on saturday morning you know you're just you're talking you know nine hours after you just left the gym you know watching a red hill mount carmel friday night basketball game and then getting to play go in that same lock go in those lock you know You'd be in the locker room, you know, the, you know, Mount Carmel or only whoever would have been in. And so going into those same locker rooms that were used the night before and play on that same court where, um, you know, where Chuck Rousey and Berkeley Carey were playing the night before. Um, that was, that was awesome. Yeah, it was. And the coaches and the coaches in the referees room that was down there on the, the South, I'm sorry, the North end of the, they had their little room. And I, I think back about like just the, the hygiene of that place. And it wasn't the greatest back then with, <laughs> 
the big ice tub that people would get in when they had injuries or, I mean, it was accepted that where the basketball floor ended, there was about a two inch gap. That's where people went and spit. Oh yeah. And that's just, yeah. What, and, and people knew that's what you did. That's you just, it was just probably disgusting. I forgot about that. Yeah, got, I noticed now they have like a black piece of plastic over that little uh, gap now. So no more no... spit can go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Millennials. Yeah. Um, so again, we, we've got tons of shows we're going to do on, on that venue for sure. And, and the teams that yeah, played so in I'm it. Sure some sure. of the stuff you hear may be repeated again, but we'll have, we'll go more in depth on them as there you we go. hear it next time. I yeah. think probably the worst thing of that, of that is that those, uh, I didn't care cause it didn't, it wasn't affected us, but you had a team like Mount Carmel who would dress 40 or 50 kids for a football game, had to cram in that little tiny locker room <laughs> for the football games. And then the showers probably didn't hold more than six or maybe five or six well, people. And they shouldn't have brought you know, so damn were, many. They'd have to go in. Yeah. They'd have to go in in, in stages to get dressed for the game at the tiny, tiny locker room. Yeah. So, um, so the visiting football team used the locker room under the stage or the locker room over on the East side under where under we sat. The, under the stage. Okay, they use that little locker room right yeah. there. Okay. Yeah, that is small. They would have been nice to have that other locker room underneath the um bleat underneath the seats. That, that was big. Yeah. I think maybe yeah. at some point they start doing that a little bit, but I think yeah, I think for the most part that's yeah. they, the main one was right there. And that was and I kinda, guess that's what you want to do. You want to put the visiting team, you don't you don't want to be comfortable. No. That's right. That's right. So let's talk about the tank farm. Um we we had some, you know, some great memories and just, you know, we we had we had a lot of good basketball teams. We had a lot of good football teams, especially after I graduated. It got much better, as we're going to get to in part two of the Bill Evans episode. But we always, always had good baseball teams, and there was some real baseball talent came through there. But let's talk about the tank farm, um, the field. It, it's really – I mean, there, there's a lot changed. There's a lot unchanged about it. Um, but what a neat – venue with those big tanks out there in in on the right field side of the of the field yeah i think out there you know it's i think coach evans touched on a little bit about a lot of the improvements uh, that were made out there there's it was no frills you know i mean like they said there wasn't even a porta potty out there right i don't know what people i mean i guess you just i know where the boys went where the guys i don't know what women did yeah, and then the guys then, went beyond beyond the left field fence, you know, yeah. a couple feet behind it. There's and plenty of trees back there. So you always had the little kids that would kind of be perched on that weird ladder thing to get that over went, the, yeah. over that barbed wire fence, fence and, yeah. To get over get foul balls and things like that. But back then it was you know, there just the it was again an iconic feel just because of the setting and what all was there. And, yeah. Uh, it was, uh, you know, that huge, like Coach Evans hit on that, and Brian did too, that huge lip that basically the shortstop, it was it was like a ramp to get out yeah. of left field. And it was, uh, you know, really a field that one of the things I – one of the funniest things I remember is that Brian would have to take care of the field when he was coaching Babe Ruth baseball. And uh, <laughs> he would take my grandma's, like, 1984 Buick. <laughs> he, was to, he used a Buick to pull the drag to drag the field before That's the baseball game. <laughs> Because I know we, you know, some of our listeners like, because we're old school, we got a lot of, you know, recent grads like Cameron Vinsel and Landon Forkowski that I know are listening to this. So let me go over some things that are different that, you know, you have never seen uh, before. Um, We all played on a dirt infield, right? Now it's a grass infield. So that's a change. Um, There was no softball field at that time. Um, It was only the baseball field. Uh, There's, 
um, there, as Gary's touched on, there were no concessions, no restrooms, no parking uh, there was no area, caged. Um, so is it? Do they have an electric scoreboard out there now? I think they do. Maybe have an electric yeah, they scoreboard. Do. Yeah, we just had the old where you had to put a a number up on a you know you had a, a manual scoreboard. Now it wasn't fancy like Wrigley Field or anything like that. Right. But um, somebody would have to go carry some numbers like usually like one of the stat statisticians would go out there and put the score on. So that's that was out just, in right field, wasn't it? Yeah, out in right field yeah. is where the scoreboard was. We so. got a scoreboard. I think my sophomore junior. I think it's our junior years when we finally got an, an electric scoreboard. Okay. Yeah. And there wasn't even a place to park. I mean, you parked. Yeah, nothing. Nothing formal as a parking lot. You just kind of wherever you wanted to put your car. And so know, I guess everybody just from foul balls. Did everybody just bring a cooler? I guess if you wanted something to drink. Because I know it, we always filled our like water jugs out of the, just that spigot <laughs> there was just a well out there you filled your big jugs up with i don't know and and you know and coach evans mentioned kathy was very uh influential and helped get raise money and do that for but that I, I was confused when he was talking about that i think that was the second facelift in the concession stand the first facelift was was tj TJ raised the money and did I, uh, the majority of the work, just painting it, fixing it up, fixing up the dugouts, making it look nice for both the high school and the Babe Ruth League. But that was all TJ, the DJ, uh, McClellan doing doing that first renovation and, and made it look a lot better because it was pretty run down before that. Yeah, I think once, you know, like uh, building the concession stand and, you know, then like I said, uh, Leon, Leon Westall Field when it was built. I mean, like I said, that, that was because uh, the girls were using this just the little league field as their softball uh, when right. gr girls softball started there. So yeah, I think there was a couple different times when things were fixed up a little bit because it was it was uh like I said it was no frills. Well, hey, let's uh, let's stop here again. This was kind of just a sort of a bonus slash practice episode that we can figure out how to do all this and get it recorded using zoom so we can look at each other and, and we're going to use this uh format tomorrow night with uh with troy and 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 sue cat um because we've we've got we've got a biggie that you know i'm going to save seed school because we'll do a whole seed school show um that was another one what are we missing i guess the tennis courts we could talk about um doug hardacre probably is the first person that comes to mind is anything else we missed um, the Sumner field, there you um, go. I think we, cause I know you played some ball out there. I played ball out there. Uh, I don't think Gary or David ever played any of the Sumner leagues. But, Russell um, Adams had some great pony league teams over there. Yeah. I just uh, like to mention with the football field. Uh, just no, we didn't even talk about the football field. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, we talked about you that know, for so two hours. We, 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 we saw a big change to that. You know, I know coach Evans said he was, he wanted to get rid of the the metal poles that basically that people got to stand on the track and lean up against those poles or sit on those poles for the football games. And I know coach uh, was uh, talking about how he was big on wanting to get rid of that. And then of course they raised a bunch of funds to get the all weather track. And then of course moved everybody, moved everybody beyond that to, yeah. uh, to watch the football games. But you know, an old, uh, an old cinder track, a lot of the, again, you know, what's different now, People wouldn't believe that you know, if you fell down on that cinder track at some point, you're going to have that stuff in your knee lodged in your yeah, knees. And it was uh, for sure. Justin Shear knows about that all too well. He had a couple incidents there, I remember. But it was, uh, you know, you're basically almost on the football field when you got to do that. You know, you're right there in the middle of it. So that was a big change for sure. Yeah. 
All right. Well, let's. And, and Billy's, done, Billy's done a great job with that football field now. With yeah. It's, you know, pretty much it's decorated. It's fully decorated, and you know, for a lot of the games, and it's uh, you know, it's it's been much improved with the new press box, and because that old press box was pretty nasty and rickety, and you know, there's there's been a lot of improvements made to, to that football field, and the, the the turf itself is a heck of a lot better than what it used to be too. It's yeah. really so. We will get back together and tomorrow night to interview the cheerleaders. Uh, any final thoughts on that, Chip? No, uh, looking forward to it. Um, um, it's gonna be you know. Uh, Troy was another classmate of mine, so I look forward to talking to him and um, um, and talking. To, it's been a long time since so I talked to Mrs. Cat, so looking forward. Yeah, it'll to be it. fun. It'll be fun. Gary, any parting words? Well, no, another another fun little test episode here, and uh, looking forward to those uh, those cheerleading squads were really really talented, and you know had a national champion, and this wasn't just. This wasn't just a local little thing. I mean, these were, it was, it was a big time tournament that they won the whole thing and, uh, and some other good places in the, in the nation. So yeah, it's a really, really amazing feat for those, for those girls. David King, the final word is yours. Yeah. I said, I'm looking forward to it. I think it kind of goes overlooked how hard those girls worked. I mean, they busted their ass. Yeah. You know, training for those tournaments and, uh, this, God, looking forward to talking to him. See okay. Until next time on the Old School Red Hill Saluki Sports Podcast, this is Brino Chip, Mook, and Kinger. We'll talk to you later. See ya. We are Red Hill. <laughs>